Hey, Laura. Yeah? You want to talk about Leo? That is exactly what I want to do right now. Oh, good. listeners to let's talk about leo this is the podcast where we discuss the body of work of leonardo dicaprio one film at a time i am meredith and with me as always is my very dependable sister and fellow leo lover laura hi laura i feel like that's like not even a compliment it is i'm saying that you're here every week when i need you to be (laughs) cool hey aloha uh I don't know if you're saying hello or goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is starting out so well. <laughs> oh, such a douche. Okay, uh, today we are discussing Leo's groundbreaking climate change documentary that makes you want to crawl into a hole and die quickly before the flood. But before we dive in, how are you, my sister? That's, that's how you're going to say it? Yeah, because you're going to put an effect on it. I know, but... It's really cool. It was, and all the people no. are going to go, whoa, these girls are so talented. It was so nasal. <laughs> before the flood. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> before it was like, before the flood. <laughs> no, I didn't sound like Nigel Thornberry. That's rude. <laughs> uh, what now? Uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm tired. But first of all, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. It was it's not 29? Too, yep. That's what I have. 29? 29. Uh, it we was, watched that episode on my 29th birthday, by the way. Oh, wonderful. That was uh 2 days ago, right? Uh I have no idea. Yes, 2 days ago. Yeah. Uh, and also happy birthday to our gentle listener Carly, whose birthday is the day oh, after yours. And happy birthday to our gentle listener who has the Wonder Years podcast. Yes. Her birthday was the day before. So happy birthday. 35 35 <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on her Instagram as a stalker. <laughs> See, if you become a fan of ours, we will become obsessed with you. We will be oh, the better way to say that is if you are a fan of us, we are a fan of you. That's we right. like people that like us. We do. We do. Generally, I o- I only like people that like me. <laughs> I really enjoy when people like me. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Oh, uh, but now that these positive things are done, I have to tell you, I am bummed out, man. Why? First of all, this movie's a bummer. Oh, yeah. Hardcore bummer. Actually, the earth is just kind of a bummer right. these days. Yeah. Um, it's important, but it's a bummer. And um, I'm bummed because of the movie, but uh, I'm also bummed because this is officially the last movie until he makes more. I know. And he's so, he's no like Ryan Reynolds or whoever that guy is who like just keeps making stupid movies and there's like 150 of them, you know? Yeah. He's not like that. He chooses his his pieces carefully. He doesn't. He has them ready. It's just he hasn't, you know, he's hasn't done them yet. It takes a long time to make a quality film, especially when your all your films are 10 hours long. Yes. So yes. Leo, if you're listening, of course I he think is. the next movie that you're working on is with Marty Scorsese, and I want you to be. I want you to pay special attention, and like really help him not make a fifteen-hour-long movie. Yeah, two hours is fine. I want you to shoot for an hour and a half. 
two hours. And end up at two hours. Yeah, that's good. Because I feel like Marty is like those people that are late everywhere. And you just have to. Yes. So like when I want you to be somewhere on time, I like forever. I just told you to be there about a half hour before I actually need you to be there. And then you're like 15 minutes late. Well, now now that ruins it because now that I know that. I'm going to I'm going to change it up now, though. So you're not going to know what I'm going to do because I'm shifty like that. Um, But I want you, Leo, to tell Marty that you are not going to be in a movie that is more than an hour and a half. And you will riot and sue him. I want it to be in your contract that the movie cannot be longer than an hour and a half. And then I want you to, you know, renegotiate that to two hours and be okay with that. He's never been in a movie that's an hour and a half, ever. Except for this movie. This movie, yes. This movie is an hour and a half. And it was delightful. We watched no, it, it while it eating delightful. brunch in our kitchen today. I mean, uh, it's not it's not a delightful subject matter, but it was nice that it was an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm also bummed, though, because of what happened to me at Whole Foods today. Oh, what happened at the Hofo? Well, first of all, let me say this. I have nothing against vegetarians or vegans. Okay. Uh, I wish I could be one. I think they're better than you. Well, okay. Um, Let me tell my story. I wish I I could be one, and I try to consume as few animal products as possible. And in a little bit, we're going to talk about how we should all kind of like eat less or stop eating beef. But anyway, there were these three women today outside of the Hofo holding signs that said go vegan meat is murder etc and that didn't bother me so much i until i noticed that they had with them a life-size realistic human doll of a naked bloody murdered woman in a giant plastic bag <gasps> what yep what yep that is so gross and i got furious i was planning all the things i was going to say to them on the way out of the store like and I was like, should I buy a bunch of chicken and just eat it right in front of them? Should I tell them that there are some people who can't be vegans and their nonsense doesn't help? Uh, should I punch them in the face? I spent my whole time wandering around the hofo planning my verbal assault on them. And I was with mom. And the whole time she was like, well, so she was saying things like, well, have compassion for them. It doesn't help if you meet angry energy with hostility. It only makes it worse. Nothing you say will make them change. You have to meet them with kindness. And I was yelling things while I was yelling things like, those monsters, how could they? This is a personal attack. (laughs) I would also like to point out that the legal definition of murder is an unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another. Meat is not murder. It's Mm -hmm. killing. It's not murder. Well, and it's, I mean, it's, I mean, I have feelings on it. It's not like I'm like, yeah, meat. I love meat. But these women, I was just like, listen. So talking through it with mom, I realized that what I really wanted to say is that there are they're actually hurting their cause by appearing insane and visually assaulting people um, who are just trying to get food. And by assuming that everyone who eats meat is an animal murderer, because I feel guilty every time I eat meat. It's like one of the main problems in my life is that there are a lot of foods I can't eat, but chicken and turkey are okay, and I kind of need to eat them. I can't have soy, um, but I experience immense and very deep guilt when I have to eat them. So I do have to eat meat, and I try my very best to buy responsibly and know where my food is coming from. And every time I eat meat, I mean, like every single time, I always silently thank the animal for its sacrifice and apologize for any pain it experienced in its life. And then I eat it with a lot of gratitude. So I try, but these ladies were out there ruining a nice little Sunday 
with their human woman body bag, bloody body bag. Um, also, uh, two issues with it, not with yours, your thing, but their thing. Mm-hmm. So, again, no no beef with vegans. <laughs> That's funny. Um, like, I actually, I do, I do wish that I could adopt you. I, I call myself a non-practicing vegan, but like you, my body doesn't do well, and I get really sick when I don't eat meat. But, um, A... Uh, super lame of them to yet again equate women's bodies to meat. Mm-hmm. That's sexist nonsense, and I won't stand for it. Like you don't need to do that. Your point gets across, and if you ha- exchanged it for like the bloodied body of a man or child, people would be far more outraged. <laughs> just saying, um, or like a cow. Yeah, just get. I mean, it, meat is gross enough without yeah. you bringing in a, a murdered woman's body. Like, like violence against women is not a joke, and it's a really serious problem, and it affects everybody on this planet. So, like, calm down, vegans. Mm-hmm. Although I don't want to tell them to calm down because that literally never works. It just makes people angrier. Yeah, also, never tell anybody to calm down. Uh, vegan diets are actually not as environmentally friendly as they say they are because it you it it requires more water than like like if everybody ate a vegan diet it it would require like too much water and it would become unenvironmentally friendly. They've determined that the most environmentally friendly diet is some aver- some version of plant based diets mm-hmm. where small amounts of meat are consumed. Well, thank God. Yeah, we actually don't have enough land to feed everybody only plants. Well, okay. Not to I wish you that had... if we all stop eating processed food, like millions of people will starve, but whatever. I wish that you had been there. So you could have said I those do things. I do too, because I would have given them a piece of my mind very politely and forcefully. Um, when I went into the HOFO, they were there. When I got came out, they were gone. So they probably forgot to get a permit and they didn't realize they can't protest on private property. Well, they were going to pro- <laughs> they, they were going to protest the um the fundraiser for the animal shelter today. Why? With because it's a uh, bruise and bites and so it's beer and chicken wings. Oh my god. I know. I'm sorry. Find something else to do with your time, like maybe make a podcast about, you know, yeah. Yet again, do if whatever it is a choice that you make and you feel really great eating a vegan diet, more power to you. Absolutely. I honestly wish that I could join you, but you don't get to shame other people for needing to eat meat in small quantities and you don't get to assume that everyone is mindlessly consuming poorly raised unethical meat all the time. Um especially like, people who are shopping at Whole Foods. Like <laughs> that they have like Go protest outside, like, a dairy farm that has lots of infractions on its record. Yeah. Drive. Oh, okay. I'm, no, I'm done. I'm, I can't. We need to finish this. We sound really angry for no reason. This well, that's what I was going to say. I actually poured myself a glass of wine for this episode because I was like, this is going to get political I was going to say, I'm sorry. I'm really punchy in this episode. I'm, I'm in, like, a prolonged state of fury right now, so. No, I don't. Just, I mean, I love everything that happens is infuriating these days. I'd love to ask you how you are, but I'm afraid to ask. Like, do you have anything you really no, need to tell us? Or are you good? Really good. I'm, That's I'm why you poured yourself a glass of wine. No, I, per, as a person, am thriving right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the yes. world is terrible, but there's been lots of great personal growth for me, and I feel kind of bad about that. But at the same time, I don't because oh I God, don't really feel bad about that. I am start. I just started a new job that I'm super excited about, mm-hmm. and uh, I get to do what I love doing, which is working with children, and I get to do it at a place that I'm really excited about working. And 
um, yeah, I feel like my health is continuing to be good. And, you know, like we picked a wedding date and booked a venue. Like things are moving in, in a good direction for, for Meredith personally. But, you know, there is like the stress of the world, which is ever present. Yeah, we don't need to like, talk. We don't need to talk about it every episode because yeah, we're mean, just about it, to talk about it for the whole episode. I know. But I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not trying to say that because things are going well for me that I'm like not calling Congress and feeling infuriated and that every time my phone buzzes that I don't feel fear that it's like warning me to go dive into the uh fallout shelter that's in my building but oh yeah. i forgot you have one thank god i do i know good all right cool um well. okay well now that uh we've done that do you have <laughs> now that i've raged about the crazy and that's the thing i don't want people to think i think vegans are crazy i think vegans are generally awesome like do your thing you know yeah but but don't Bring friggin' bloody bodies. Okay, I'm sorry. We need. Uh, we do need to go on. Like you have your own valid arguments based off of science. Don't bring a bloodied corpse to your your protest. It 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 it's it's, it's cr- insulting to everybody's intelligence. Well, and we're moving on. It's crass. <laughs> yes, it's crass. It's in poor taste and it's insulting. And yeah. I simply won't stand for it. Nope, me neither. Um, moving on. But what what did Leo do this week? <laughs> Tell me what he was up oh, to. Oh, God, I'm so know. glad to talk about him. Oh, He's just a beautiful soul. He's a ra- oh, He really is a beautiful soul. I know. I feel that more now after having watched I know. I can't more. wait. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have two things this week. One is that Leo is currently in Las Vegas for the Mayweather-McGregor fight. That, oh, every- that everyone seems to care a lot about that I care absolutely nothing about because I think boxing is crass. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Americans cared about boxing so much? Like, are we that desperate to escape our, like, hellish reality? <laughs> no, p- p- people have been into boxing forever. This is not new. Oh, this is not a knew? new thing. Who knew? Who everyone knew? knew that. I didn't know. Ever heard of Mike Tyson? I've heard of George Foreman because he made a really good grill that I saw. Okay. All right. You're just, you're, you're making, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. You're ignorant. I am ignorant. I was being purposefully ignorant. Of course I know who, who Mike Tyson is. Okay. But anyway, he's there for the fight with his bros. Um, Toby was not present. I don't know who these new bros were. They were different ones. Um, I saw pictures of him and he is rocking the gold chain. Yes. Some long pants that look like a very dark wash denim. A long sleeve black crew neck t-shirt yes and a black cap oh my god leo you took my fashion advice and i just want to say wasn't that your I exact fashion advice i said a v-neck because i think it's a better look for him it elongates his torso it's true but um but this is pretty close and i'm gonna accept it well i mean the fit of the clothes is still kind of a uh, little special it's a little drunk dad um and it's hot in vegas so i'm not sure why he's wearing that but it's freezing inside in vegas you know that's true that's true but i think he's listening to us and i think he's trying so the shirt was a little big but man we're proud of you don't listen leo don't listen to the haters and figure out what his uh because it's a saint it's a saint medal i wear a saint Saint medallion i have a saint so i'm trying to figure out which one it is i know i found my saint anthony one the other day which is ironic uh don't listen to the haters leo your dad bod looks amazing and your dark ninja look in Vegas was awesome. And keep doing your thing, man. But maybe like just like a little bit smaller on the shirt, unless you're feeling self-conscious. And then I'm flowing clothes or your friend, handsome. 
Yeah, I think so too. Flowing clothes are definitely my friend. They're my friend. It's just, yeah. I just wanted him to know that, you know, it's okay. All of his outfits are great. <laughs> um, are you looking it up? Yeah, well, I'm not looking that up. I'm looking at a picture and trying to see if I can figure out what this medal is of. But it, this website is... The Daily Mail is not very conducive to zooming in mm-hmm. on photographs. And it's making me very Well, upset. stop doing what you're doing. Okay. And stop being distracted. Because okay. I'm about to tell you something. Please do. The other news this week is in the realm of Kate and Leo. And Kate told Glamour Magazine that no. she... <laughs> I'm not ready. That she and Leo say Titanic quotes back and forth to each other. I'm holding back tears. <laughs> she didn't say which ones. So I'm wondering, like, how do they do it? Do they do it like we do, where it's just kind of worked into the conversation and then we're like, <laughs> Because Titanic is part of your being. Mm-hmm. Or do they pretend they're Jack and Rose? I hope it's the latter, but I think it's probably the former. Like, when they were on vacation, did they go swimming, and did she, like, not let him on her raft? (laughs) First of all, I'm taking issue with that, because Rose didn't not let him on there. He chose (laughs) not to be on there, you witch. No, but I know, but Kate Kate has said that she thinks that he could have fit, and she obviously didn't listen to our episode on that, but... um, Kate, you should listen to us too. <laughs> I imagine that he one time like tried to tell her of his love, but he didn't know how to do it, so he just like started that speech that Jack gives Rose in the gym. Oh, uh, like they've got so you, beautiful. they've got you trapped, Rose. You're gonna die if you don't break free. Maybe not right away because you're strong, but someday. Wait, but, <laughs> wait, 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 but it would be like they've got you trapped, Kate. <laughs> or Ned Rock and Roll's got you trapped, Kate. You're gonna die if you don't break free. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that fire that I love about you is going to burn out. And she just thought he was kidding around. So she was like, ha, 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 ha. but he was really trying to tell her that Ned Rock and Roll is cow and that she needs to save herself. He is a rich man. Yeah. Or do they she's just ri- she's richer than he is, though. So or do they like reenact the car scene and then say, oh, um, that was a joke. <laughs> I hope that they reenact, like, the kissing scene all the time and then are like, ha, 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 funny. Like, if they ever go on a boat together? Yeah. Do you think if they ever go on a boat together that they do go up to the front and do that? Oh, my God. I hope so. But I bet it's, like, off the coast of some island that only rich people know about and Mm -hmm. the rest of us will never see it and it'll break my heart. And it's on their own private. It's on Leo's private island. Oh, so that's, that's probably the, where they the, go for their lovers' trysts that we all know they're having now, and that's why Ned Rock and Roll didn't know about it for so long. But I am guessing that within the next three months, Ned Rock and Roll will be out of the picture. Three months, really? Yeah, I think he he hasn't been seen for nine months. So I no, think it's she's not that one he of, hasn't been seen for he nine hasn't months been seen with her. Yeah. I know Ned Rock and Roll is missing. He hasn't been Ned, seen for nine months. Guys. Guys, Ned Rock and Roll is fine, other than the fact that his wife is, unbeknownst to her, in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. Also, that his last name is Rock and Roll. That's stupid. But he chose that for himself, so he has to live with that sin. Where was I? And I, I we, we told someone about that, and they were like, and he's not a musician? And we were like, no, he's just lame. Um, was that at my engagement party? I don't remember. I think it was. <laughs> yes, because we do talk, we do talk about this all the time everywhere we go. Well, it's because one of the attendees said that his girlfriend listened. Oh, that's right. That's right. And we were very excited and said that we loved her. Yeah, what's up, Chelsea? Um, 
also oh i was gonna say something i was gonna say something that was so good sorry you're distracting me okay i don't remember sorry (laughs) terrible podcasting partner no remember later please feel free to interrupt yeah so that's the news um it's you know kind of light news but he's you know traveling around doing his thing and um i'm just gonna say that he listens because that is definitely an outfit that you told him to wear i mean not like it's a little different but it's generally in the direction that we suggested I would just like to make a, a, a short verbal list, as I do for the gentle listeners, um, of the things that have hap- that Leo has done that lead us to believe that he listens to this podcast. Evidence. So within a week of my mentioning it, he has worn two outfits that I have suggested. Mm-hmm. A KU Jayhawks hat mm-hmm. after, a week after I was in Kansas and mentioned the Jayhawks. And he and Kate were seen canoodling, canoodling. Mm-hmm. In, uh, where were they? Saint-Tropez? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so romantic. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so they did that, and then he wears this outfit. It's like, well, this is four instances. No, there's another how time. How many episodes have we done? Wait, what was it? Uh, that time that he was, like, at that club, and they described him wearing exactly the outfit that you said. Oh, that that was one of the two times that he wore the outfit right after. Oh, 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 my apologies. It. My apologies. You, you weren't listening, and I take offense. <laughs> <laughs> or there was that time that we told him to tie a bag to his pants. Instead we of a, didn't, no, we I didn't know. Have time to do that, but I kind of <laughs> wish that we had. What did I? I asked him to like ride a, a city bike wearing like a Nike sweatband or something, and he hasn't done that yet. No. That we've. What if he's just been riding around New York City on a city bike with like uh, a, a Nike sweatband on, and just like the paparazzi are like, "This is too weird. We can't even take a photo of this." <laughs> Like what is Leo doing? <laughs> oh, he, also he's been very busy since uh, since the the gala that we were uh, so ungraciously and in, not invited to, and um, he, you know he's been vacationing and whatnot. So maybe he, he was actually spotted on the city bike, and he was spotted with another man and a new model, which people are calling Ugh. his girlfriend, but she's not blonde. And I just don't believe it. After I saw those pictures of him and Kate, reject. Like I reject it, that. It just, you just don't hang out with your close personal friend that way. Okay. That's all. (laughs) I'm just trying to think. I'm like, have I hung out with a close personal friend that way? (laughs) A married close personal friend. You don't like hang out in your bathing suits holding bodies close together. Oh. Okay. And like kissing each other. They didn't kiss each other. Not on the lips. Okay. That we saw. Yeah, it's true. But yet again, thanks to Lucas Haas for tipping off the paparazzi for that one, because we're 90% certain it was you. Of course it was him. And also, where has he been? He's, he should be at the fights right now. He probably is. He's like, that that long sleeve black shirt looks amazing on you, Leo. You should wear that. He's like, do you think it's a little big? And he's like, no, it's perfect. Wear that. <laughs> he's like, that's how they wear it in Switzerland or Sweden or wherever I'm from. <laughs> oh that was ignorant that was Um, ignorant (laughs) (laughs) all right so now that we've discussed what leo has been up to this week Mm -hmm. laura yeah had you seen before (laughs) before (laughs) it's funny it's it's funny but it's like a i haven't heard you do that uh, before flood yeah i'm looking for the top of my notes here because apparently i have a lot to say 
Oh my. Oh, so stupid. Okay. Um, let's move on to the film at hand. Okay. Before the flood. <laughs> I already asked you, had you seen Before the Flood? I know. And then there was a whole thing and I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't see it. And it was free on National Geographic and I still didn't see it because I was scared. I was afraid that it would just show us like a million problems and no solutions and that I would just feel useless and powerless. And it did make me feel that way. But I did appreciate that it was so well done. It also didn't not present solutions. No, no. Yes, yes. It did have solutions. I mean, it, it did to, present solutions. To be solutions. fair to it. Yes. Um, I loved that Leo starts out by acknowledging that he's not a scientist and that he's aware that people are skeptical about what he says because he's a movie star. Like, I, I don't know why I, that starting it out like that. I was like, okay, cool. So you know what people are going to say about this. And you're yes, just going to. He he's not stupid. Yeah, you're just going to cut him off right before. Um, and I am particularly enjoyed that he acknowledged that his carbon footprint is probably much bigger than the average person and that he doubts whether he's doing the right thing all the time. Oh, God, Leo. But you know what, Leo? It's like if your life is making the, the choice between owning a yacht and renting them when you need them, you know? Yeah. Like you're, you're just dealing with a whole level of decision making that most Americans or most people in the world will never have to think about. True. Um, but what I think he did here is model for us how we should approach the subject with curiosity and like a hunger for more knowledge about it. Um, at no point in the documentary did he look like he thought he knew more than the people he was interviewing, mm-hmm. which I was really pleased by. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you get those people who just think they like they have like a smirk on their face or whatever. But he took Michael Moore. Excuse <laughs> me. I had something in my throat there. Oh, that was a good cough. But yes, Michael <laughs> Moore, um, he he does that. Leo did not do that at all. He approached this with just like almost like he felt like he knew nothing, even though you know that he knows a lot. And he took a major smackdown from that amazing Indian and in, in that woman in India. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I didn't write her name down. Um, but rather than getting like prickly or defensive, he really listened to what she had to say and gave her the chance to correct him. And there's so many people out there, myself included. <laughs> And some of whom were shown in the documentary um, and some who I've talked to in real life who cannot easily be corrected. But Leo seemed to be learning throughout the documentary. So I liked that. Like I thought that's a good example of how we should be approaching this. He was also like very honest about the character of the American people in that moment. And it's not one of our finer points as a people, but mm-hmm. like he was honest about like what we are willing to do as as a culture and yeah. as a people. Yeah. Um but his attitude and his enthusiasm just kind of inspired me to like because I'm afraid of I'm afraid of global warming. <laughs> I, I I mean sorry. I'm change, sorry. Please. Jeez. Oh my god. <laughs> Talk about not liking to be corrected. You're already upset with me. I was upset because I was about to correct myself and you jumped in there like a douchebag. Well, no, but I was making a point because he, <laughs> ma- he makes this whole point in the movie about how we can't call it global warming. Yeah, it's not. it allows politicians to be like, but it's cold outside. Ugh, there's a whole part with this clown that looks like an Oompa Loompa who's a terrible person that's like, oh, it's supposed to be 70 degrees today and I'm freezing. We need more global warming. And that guy became the president. So 
Yeah. So it just inspired me to open up and meet people with a mind that's ready to learn rather than like looking for a place to put in my own knowledge and like accept that I don't know anything. So for that reason, I loved it. He wasn't telling us things. He was taking on taking us on a learning journey with him and introducing us to people who are being affected right now. Um, and they're the ones that set this this apart from other documentaries for me. Because even though I know climate change is happening, it still doesn't feel urgent to me because I'm not starving. My house isn't underwater. I'm not in a drought. You know, like it's still yes, off. You, you were, though. Well, but I still I wasn't thirst like thirsting to death. Yeah. You know, true. I it didn't feel like it was really affecting my daily life. It's like kind of a concept that's going to be coming someday. But this was like, no, it's actually here. And um, so going with him to all these places and seeing how real humans are being affected right now is what was particularly powerful for me. So I liked it. It was scary, but also not, I don't want to say it was like gave me hope. It just gave me You're like little fire under your ass. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be afraid to learn about it anymore. I want to know more about it. So had you seen this before? I did see it. I watched it when it was on TV, but I don't think I actually watched the whole thing because I didn't remember pieces of the beginning. Um, and I remember, it, it, like, the first time that I watched it, I had the same, like, sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach because the end is intense. When he's giving it's his speech? His speech at the UN, yeah. and he ends with, like, basically, if we don't do this, we and every single piece of life on this earth that we know will be history is like the final word of this movie. And I remember being like, Oh God. Oh, man. <laughs> and I, uh, I felt that way again this time. Like it was just as powerful to like, think of yourself and your society and your civilization as being like the Aztecs, but like for aliens is really, really hard to think about. Wait, what? I'm thinking about like all, like the Aztecs, like we go back and look at like what they built, and we're like, how amazing that they had aqueducts. <laughs> oh, that that kind of alien. Yeah, no, or but I mean, like if all life on Earth dies, the only people that are ever going to find us and talk about us in the way that we talk about, like the Aztecs, are extraterrestrials. Are yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so like. That's like a really hard pill to swallow and to just like, it, you, you like can't even fathom it. It's completely impossible. Um, but I really like this movie. I think it's really great. And I think it does a really good job of giving you the information that you need and giving you solutions to problems or like things that you can do without being like, and it acknowledges like the pitfalls of, of our past with this issue of like starting out being like, you just need to change your light bulbs, which like is not true. Like, yeah, you do need to change your light bulbs, but that's not going to solve the problem. The problem is in corporations and policy and like all like, Watching this movie, I came away from it knowing, like, the two major things that need to change in the United States for this to, like, for us to take a step in the right direction. Was one of them the Koch brothers need to disappear? Uh, slightly, yeah. but not in that, not in, in such explicit terms. Oh. Um, but I came away knowing that, like, we need a carbon tax. We need to reduce the payroll tax and implement a carbon tax. Um, and also we need campaign finance reform and we need, they, and within that we need to, um, repeal, uh, Citizens United because the reason that the Koch brothers are able to have so much influence is because corporations are people 
and we don't have a cap on political donations. So like I'll get into that a little bit more uh, later. But basically, like I think he does a really good job of uh, like you you said of showing you who this is affecting right now, because it's not necessarily affecting Americans right now. I mean, we we have droughts and like farmers are struggling, but farmers are also receiving massive subsidies from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, we have a really solid infrastructure for not letting us feel the pain of like environmental problems immediately. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're very good at that kind of thing. Um, and yet we are, we're we're not the country that has the largest emissions, but we are the country that sets the example for the rest of the world. And we've set ourselves up as that. And we've sort of shied away from being the older sibling in the world, even though we're like a lot younger than every other country. Mm-hmm. But like, um, we, we've shied away from being the role model in this area and being like, well, China's worse than we are. And it's like, China's making a better effort than we are. True that. Um, kind of impressed with, I was kind of impressed with China, what I found out about China here. I actually was too. I didn't, I didn't remember any of that from the first time that I watched it. Um, but yeah, I, what I really don't like about documentaries like this is when they just give you a whole bunch of scary information that makes you feel so horrible and completely powerless, and then they don't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like <clears throat> Michael Morris documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always make you just feel like the world is a terrible place filled with terrible people. You're all alone in your principles. <laughs> and um and and there's nothing you can do like you're just the victim of these scenarios and you should it's like i i don't believe in rabble rousing like i think you whenever you point out a problem you need to give at least one opportunity for a solution or give people some action to take that will be helpful Mm -hmm. and i thought leo did a really good job of that um it's like a part of the documentary he gives you a web page to go to afterward and it's like the people that will watch this are also the type of people that will call Congress and will go to his website and like print out whatever form letter he has available. Yeah. Um, and those are all really good things that, that we all need to do um, if we're serious about not dying and destroying our earth. But I think the other thing that he really brings to light is the immediacy of this issue because it's still climate change is still talked about like something that's going to happen 200 years from now. And I didn't realize until I went to uh, the New York City Transit Museum with my very favorite five year old on the planet that we are 50 years at uh, as an outside figure from running out of fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. 50 years. I like God willing, I will still be alive. Yeah. You know, like you better be. Even, I hope so. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like you, th- you think of like global warming as affecting like your children's 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 children, but it's not. It's affecting us, and it's affecting our children. Mm-hmm. And there's like I also there one of the major reasons cited for um uh I forget who the demographic is. I think it's it's probably college educated women uh, choosing not to have children is. Uh, the effects on the environment and whether or not like the world is going to be here for those children but mm. that's insane that people are cho- i mean it's not insane in that they're choosing not to have children because of that it's insane that that's something that we have to take into account when choosing whether or not to like make more humans well that and whether or we not don't, our habitat will be here you don't I know you don't want to you know create more people to use the resources that we don't yeah. even have enough of yeah exactly um so that that was kind of crazy to think about all of those things in one. And also, like, to have been in a huge number of these, like, not a huge number, a, a significant, for how old I am, number of these, quote-unquote, 100-year storms. Like, 
since I've moved to New York City, things like the weather has just gotten progressively weirder and weirder. So it's not something that I haven't felt. And I lived through Hurricane Sandy, which was really nuts. And I lived through like a bunch of these like really intense winter storms that people don't realize how dangerous they can be. So I thought he did a really good job of bringing this to, um, I'm not going to say the mainstream, but to people who will take action. Well, I'm putting on National Geographic for free was a pretty good move. I think, yeah. I people think so who, I would definitely would not have seen it if it was in the theaters. Yeah. A lot of people probably wouldn't have. And people that watch National Geographic are the people who probably care maybe a little more about the planet. I mean, you would assume. Um, but on a lighter note, I also liked it because you got to see Leo. Oh, no. We're going to talk about Leo. that later. Oh, oh, I know we're going to talk about it later, but I just like I feel like I need to lighten things up because it's been very serious. Well, no, I, um, I have trivia but, facts. But I, I really enjoyed that, like, you got to see him being himself and you got to see him, like, unmade up and perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I know. He was, like, like man-bunned and bearded through a lot of this. Oh, God. And, which I actually turned into a really good look for me. I really started to like it. I wish he would bring the man bun back. Actually, I love a good man bun. Um, <laughs> well, he doesn't actually yeah, do. No, no, he doesn't actually do a bun. It's like this tiny little ponytail. It's sort of tucked in like a bunch of spikes. <laughs> um, but I also think that putting himself in the documentary was an incredibly risky but re- rewarding choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have had the effect if he weren't such a respected actual actor, if he were just a heartthrob, an act- it could have had <laughs> no. an actual actor. Um, it could have had the effect of having people go, oh, this guy is just like hot and trying to get young girls to pay attention to this issue that's not real, that he's like, you know, thinks is real. Well, he did it, um, at, he did it at the right time in his career because if he had done it 15, 20 years earlier, that's what would have happened. Exactly. Yeah. And and he he does get a lot of flack for being as into this as he is. And I, I commend him for continuing with this work. But like also it gave you it brought you into the experience because you're like, oh, Leo, he's so cute. But it also he is like taking the place of you in this experience. Like you said, he takes you on this knowledge gathering journey and he's acknowledging that he's not an expert and that none of us are. And we need to listen to said experts. Yes, and he showed us how to listen to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's a he was a very good listener. Yeah. Um yeah. like I said, I and mean, particularly it, it, in that one part where he's talking to the lady in India and she's just getting really, you know, she's like, I'm I know you're American, I don't want to offend you, but this is and he was just like not offended at all, just like, Oh, but what about this? And then she was like, No, 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 no. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> like he really he was he was listening giving his ideas but then when she shot him down it wasn't like he was butthurt about it because he knew she was right yeah she's right americans need to do more on every level yes we won't but we need to no america needs to do more on every level americans yes but america Both. in general Both. like that america more though you know we need we uh, I just can't even. It's it's really tough to make a <laughs> distinction between those two things because America does what Americans want. Right. Most of the time. Which is why people like Leo are powerful. Because yeah. we feel like, you know, we make a podcast about him. We feel he, we don't actually feel like he's our friend. We don't think we're friends with him. But we do feel like a connection to him, you know? Like he's someone that's important. He's important to us. So when he's, when he does this and we watch... We're not listening just because it's him. It's well done. But yeah, we watched it because he was in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And if he, he could have very easily just produced like one of those scary science documentaries. Well, he's done that too. It's like all of the all of the caribou shall die on the wherever it is that caribou live. There will be no more crabs in the ocean. Yeah, he could have had Bono be the narrator. Oh, holy hell. I never would watch that, ever. <laughs> I would never watch anything that Bono did. See, that's the opposite. And I'm, I can't stand Bono so much that he could do the greatest thing in the world, and I'd be like, Bono's doing it. That sucks. <laughs> but wouldn't that be funny if he like, sat down to watch it, and it was Bono being like, the earth. Tis a beautiful place. Or he could have had, um, what's that guy, Werner Herzog? Be like, the earth, it is a beautiful place. <laughs> but we have turned it into ruin and chaos. No offense, <laughs> but no offense to anyone with a German accent, but you can't narrate these things because it makes it scarier. And it makes everyone else very scared. And Leo had a very calming voice. It was his natural voice, which mm-hmm. it, I hadn't realized how different that is from what he does in movies. Like, it's, also, de- it's deeper than what he usually uses. I mean, his natural voice is deeper. And he also talks out of one side of his mouth. Um, also change is one of his signature words the way that he says change Mm -hmm. is different than how other people say change it is yeah it's very different so it like helps the like climate change thing stick in your head because like for those of us who were not born in 1998 we know it is global warming and it's really hard to switch that in your head um yes because as we've discussed his ch's are we actually talked about that last week his CHs are like really distinct and unique to and him. And his Gs are too. Yeah. yeah. They're like different versions of the same thing. Oh, it's God, like God, I love them. Well, would you like some trivia facts about this movie? They're not very many and they're not very, they're not the usual type, but I've got some. I would love some, please. Okay. So the movie was produced by Fisher Stevens, who also directed it, Leo, a couple other people, Jennifer Davison, Killoran, James Packer, Brett, Brett Ratner, Trevor David. Okay, come on, some people. Give me something. (laughs) Davidovsky or whatever. Davidovsky. And executive produced by Martin Scorsese. This is a Martillo joint. Marty Scorsese. Mm -hmm. Made an hour and a half long movie. I'm proud of you. I don't know that he really was that involved because he probably wanted it. He's like, let's make it 24 hours. We'll just put like, we'll watch a mountain for 24 hours. (laughs) It's very Wal- uh, War- Warholian of you. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Leo's dad painted in uh, Andy Warhol's studio and was, and room- was roommates with Lou, Lou Reed. Reed. But-, <laughs> but also, it's like, who else would he have been roommates with? <laughs> Come on. Rasputin. If, if someone was like, guess who Leonardo DiCaprio's dad, Rasputin, was roommates with, I would have been like, Lou Reed, obviously. Or like Allen Ginsberg. It's or- one of the two. There's nobody else he could have been roommates with. I would be like, the Romanovs? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope. I hope if. Okay, so we don't really think Leo listens. We have the joke, but if he really does, we're so sorry about your dad. We make fun of your dad's Rasputin face. <laughs> He's very sexual. Your dad is real sexual. All right, moving on. But he does look very Russian. He does, and I don't think he is. <laughs> Wait. Also, side note, real quick. Yeah. When he goes to the Vatican, mm-hmm. and he's like in—I mean, the Vatican is its own nation, but like whatever. He's in Italy, mm-hmm. and um, they say his name. I understood his family name for the first time ever. I was like, his family's from Capri. <laughs> like it was such a, a ditz moment. I just looked at Blake, and I was like, 
I get it. DiCaprio <laughs> of Capri. <laughs> and he was like, what's wrong Is with it you? Capri? It's not Capri. Or whatever. I said <laughs> wrong. Okay. Anyway, um, it was released on October 21st, 2016 on National Geographic and was available to stream for free for two weeks, which is amazing. And I paid $3.99 because I was late to the party. Like a year late to the party. Yeah, but if you want to rent it, you can find it on Amazon, and it's just three ninety nine, and it's well worth your three your three ninety nine. If it you really if is. you happen to miss the two weeks of uh, free streaming, um, which is such a brilliant idea. Just oh god, I love him. Um, to offset the carbon footprint, <clears throat> excuse me, to offset the carbon footprint of production, they paid a voluntary carbon tax, which. I wasn't sure how that offsets the footprint, but then I learned. But I was going to say that later. So hold that thought. But if you want, <laughs> but if you want to know more about carbon tax in detail and learn how to offset your carbon footprint, you can go to carbontax.org. Um, oh, we talked about this, but Leo's dad, George, aka Rasputin, Ra- Rasputin <laughs> appears in the film when they are at the. Paris climate change meeting? <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> Gathering? Summit. Summit. <laughs> I knew I knew there was the a Paris word. Climate summit. There is I knew it. I was trying to come up with the word and I was like, it's not a gather. It's not a party. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a gala or a soiree. Yeah. <laughs> summit. It's a summit. And George is there with him and he sits with him and he like pats his knee and stuff. It's really cute. Aww. Um, but he's just so stinking proud. But he doesn't say anything. I really want to hear his voice. I want to know what he talks like. I bet he sounds just like Leo, and it's terrifying. Well, don't you? Ha- what? I bet he's <laughs> like, he's like Leo. You need to change. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm dying inside <laughs> and outside. <laughs> Uh, can you just see his dad saying the word change the exact same way he does no i picture him having a russian accent he's not russian (laughs) he's not i think he's like straight up american well wouldn't he be like italian he can be an italian american no i know no i know i know i know i know i I thought he was actually i don't know i i don't know anything i don't know you thought he was like from italy i no, i never thought about it before i just thought of miss rasputin and therefore it was from russia <laughs> Match. <laughs> uh so let's move on because those are that's pretty much it. I've got a, a little bit of a background. I've got some things you can do personally to help with climate change, but I'd like to say that at the end. Okay. So Could you give us the background though? Yes. So when Leo was twenty in his twenties, he met vice president and friend of the podcast. Al Gore. Al Gore. And he was shocked to hear about Climate change. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. How do you do it? Change. Tra- no, that's not it either. I change. I don't think our mouths are made for it. <laughs> you don't smoke enough. I think he has like a smoker mouth. What? I don't think he smokes anymore. He smokes a vape, man. No, I don't think he does anymore. I haven't I seen it. Does. Haven't seen it in a while. And when I say smokes a vape, I mean he vapes. <laughs> I smokes a vape. I'm 800 years old. I don't understand I, what the kids do. I have a vitamin B12 vape, by the way. Ooh, you get it, just get it online. They're amazing. Um, I always thought that it was making the beach that like sparked his interest. 
Me too. But it was actually just only around that time period. So mm. his first experience hearing about climate change came from Mr. Gore, um, who also made a very scary movie called An Inconvenient Truth. Oh, God. Do you remember you used to call me and be like... <laughs> no, I said it at Thanksgiving, and it was like somebody said something about the weather, and I was like, well, global warming is inconvenient, but it's the truth. Al Gore <laughs> told me, and that's been like a running joke in our family for many, many years. <laughs> Whenever something's inconvenient, I'm like, it's inconvenient, but it's the truth. Al Gore told me. <laughs> um, but I've actually never seen that movie either. Oh, it's scarier than this one. It's not... It doesn't have Leo, so it's there's no one to comfort you. Not even Al? Uh, he's well, so comforting. Yeah. He's not as comforting. Especially now that he's not with Tipper. He's not as comforting as Leo is. It's true. Sorry, Al. Anyway, so Leo didn't poo-poo this new knowledge he had. He became an activist. And understanding that he didn't know anything, I don't know anything, and wanted to learn as much as possible. So he... Uh, started learning as much as possible and he produced several documentaries on the subject that he was not in he created the leonardo dicaprio foundation which did not invite us to its gala rude we're, we're never gonna forgive you <laughs> unless you invite us next year and then we'll forget the whole thing <laughs> he was the two, 2014 un messenger of peace and a whole slew of other accolades and acknowledgements um, he has met with the heads of state of, like, you know, billion countries. He's scientists, politicians, and locals all over the world to learn more and spread the word. It took three years to make Before the Flood, and it was very well received by critics and viewers alike. And that's the end. There's, like, hardly any information I tried. Like, I thought maybe I could find out how many countries he visited or, like, some sort of information like that and I couldn't find anything. Even oh, even Wikipedia let me down. Rude. I know. For oh, real. It's upsetting. Honestly. Well, I can give you my plot if you would care to hear it. What would you like, like this to film? <laughs> hey, what's global warming? <laughs> I mean, god damn it. Okay. What's cl what's climate change? <laughs> um, I'm not actually going to tell you what climate change is because, like, you're a grown-up. You can do a Google or you already know because you live in the world. Or also, like, just, like, listen to what it's called. Also, I'm assuming everyone who listens to this podcast is a grown-up. I apologize if you're not, in which case, like, hi, go, go, go on the Google. You're young. You know how to do that. Yeah. Um, what I am going to do is tell you the basic premise of this movie and why Leo made this movie and like the really, really, uh, nuts and bolts, not nuts and bolts, like the skeleton of what's in it. Um, I'm edit editorializing heavily in here and I really, really love the earth and I really, really love the environment. Mm -hmm. And I also have a pretty solid understanding of how U.S. politics work. So just keep that in mind. If I piss you off, I'm really not that sorry. Um, all right. So, again, there is real, really no plot to this documentary because it's a documentary and they don't really have plots. But basically, 99% um, of scientists agree that there is such a thing as, as climate change. And if they don't think that it's man-made, they think it is man-increased. So we are responsible for this um, escalation of climate change as there have been warming and cooling cycles throughout the Earth's history. And people will try and confuse you with that. Right. But so, right. You'll meet a person who'll be like, well, um, this has been going on forever and blah, 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 blah. So now you have something to say back to them. Yeah. It's basically like 
uh, it's gotten worse since we've been here. And essentially, it's gotten exponentially worse every year that we've been using fossil fuels. Fuel so to the fire, literally. Yeah, so basically, since the Industrial Revolution. Um, but corporations are essentially buying off politicians so that they can keep making buttloads of money producing and using fossil fuels and whatnot. Again, all almost all of science is like, this is getting real, guys. And U.S. Congress just sticks their fingers in their ears and goes, la, 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 while raking in the money for their campaigns. And Fox News is telling your parents it's all propaganda because it's cold outside. How could there be global warming? Mm -hmm. And Leo is just the man to change the public view of climate change and get us to put much needed pressure on our elected officials to tell the Koch brothers to F themselves and save this planet. You know what? I would give anything to tell the Koch brothers to F themselves. If I ever see them in person, I will be like, first, why do all of these people who are like washing Washingtonian like big wigs look like they've been left in the sun and are made of clay? Like Mitch McConnell. Oh my God. And Ted Cruz. They all look like they're melting. Like, why do I have to look at happening? you talk? Uh, okay, Is it I, <laughs> I picture that the Koch brothers though ride um those, what are those things that Joe brides on Arrested Development? Oh, Segways? I picture both Koch brothers riding Segways just like exclusively. Oh, they definitely don't do that because they're too environmentally friendly. Didn't you see that the police in China ride Segways because it's good for the environment? No, but um, I, maybe the Koch brothers like ride maybe like a coal-fueled Segway. It just like has a cow farting on the back <laughs> of it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's just methane going up and <laughs> Okay, so okay. basically, uh, we all need to put pressure on our elected officials after we have our minds changed by Leonardo DiCaprio um, mm. in this documentary uh, to tell the Koch brothers to go F themselves and then we can all save the planet because oh, the, uh, it just wait. makes sense. The other thing we can say to them is, your last name is Koch, you idiots. It's spelled K-O-C-H. That is Koch. Yeah. Right. There's also like a New York City mayor named Ed Koch, and mm -hmm. it's spelled like the exact same way. Yeah, your so, your last name is yeah, not Coke. Like, just yeah. go f yourself. This is yeah. This has been brought to you by Laura, <laughs> and highly endorsed by Meredith. Thank you. Um. So basically, Leo is Captain Planet, and he needs all of us to put our rings together to save our home because that's what the Earth is. It's our home, and we're the only idiot species that destroys its own home. Mm. That's craziness. Um. Yeah, that's the plot. <laughs> that's all I got okay, for you. So I was really fired up when I wrote it. <laughs> Leo uh, basically travels all around the world to different areas that are being affected by climate change and seeing th the facts, you know, for himself and showing us. So he goes to the very tip of the uh, South America. Um, he goes to Indonesia. He goes to India. He goes to Florida, which apparently is going to be underwater. I mean, honestly, I'm sorry, but so what? No, it's a <laughs> um, and he, yeah, he travels all around just seeing things in real time and then all, not in real time, but, you know, showing everyone what's actually going on. And then also it's cut with him talking to politicians and scientists and people who know more than he does so that they can educate us all together as a family. And uh, that's why it's so amazing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
Um, but also he does this within the frame of like this terrifying painting that his dad Rasputin put above his crib as a child. You guys, and it's like not, not child art. It's, it's like old timey biblical art about like how we like the downfall of man and there's so, monsters and it's really weird. Oh, it's so crazy. There's like three panels to it. One is like the earth, like perfect. The second one is like basically an orgy, um, mm-hmm. with like people doing like real i mean god on you do do your thing but you know it's like it's like a 20 person orgy and then the third panel is like a burned scorched earth and rasputin saw this and thought my god what a perfect thing to put above my son's crib and and he did and leo talks about how he actually was quite terrified of it as a child which duh (laughs) that is a terrifying thing but the I whole mean, I was terrified <laughs> of a photograph of our great grandfather when I was a child. I definitely would have been terrified of this painting. I'm kind of terrified of the painting now. But it's um the whole documentary is told in the context of this. Like we're not we're in the middle section right now with the orgy. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. debauchery, it's excess, it's too much, it's all this stuff and he's saying we need to stop before we get to the third uh where monsters eat us. Yes. God, who would honestly? I'm sorry. Who puts that above their child's crib? That's beautiful, <laughs> man. Did he go? Don't to knock his parenting decisions. I'm sorry. He did a, a really human. good job. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, George. I I'm sorry. It's if you look at it from afar, it's really kind. Of, it's very lovely, but like up close, it's. What if that's what like caused his parents' divorce? That's what I was just thinking. Like Rasputin's if. like, this is important. I must go above the crib. And, and then Merlin is like, no, <laughs> there's literal people having sex on life. there. <laughs> Honestly, like the sex part isn't the terrifying part. It's no, like no, it's the monsters. It's the monsters. Yeah, that's the part that's like, oh, yeah, just put monsters above your child's crib. Oh, my God. <laughs> it really. Oh, my God. What an interesting parenting. So I want him to write a parenting book, honestly. George? I would read it. And I have no children. Yes. <laughs> You know how, like, Britney Spears' mom wrote a parenting book and then, like, it was terrible because she obviously did a horrible job. (laughs) Her children don't talk to her anymore because she, like, hoard them out. No, they don't. Oh, they don't? Yeah, they don't talk to her anymore. Um, But, yeah, George obviously has a great relationship with Leo as he gets to go to the Paris Climate Summit with him. Right, and sometimes they go get coffee. And George dresses for the occasion and Leo doesn't. And I also feel like he, like George could teach us all how to raise children who are like compassionate and aware of the world, but mm-hmm. also not sexually ashamed. Right. Well, um, also Leo said in this that he used to go every weekend. He'd go to the Natural History Museum, <laughs> which is amazing for a I child. Didn't even know like he LA just had <laughs> one of those. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. They totally do. Yeah. I did not know that. I've never been. Everyone. Has. I mean, every big city does. I've been to the wait the Science Museum in LA. That's really amazing. I love natural history museums. I could just be there forever. I don't because I fear dinosaurs. I know. I know you feel. I am actually going to be working like a block from the natural history museum in New York. Oh. And I'm like, dinosaurs. (laughs) They're not coming for you. Don't worry. So do you have, I I prepared like a couple things that I thought were the most interesting to me. Things that I learned from this film. Please share. Um, What hit me the most and the hardest was when they went to India and there was that field that they had that in this place they'd received half of the year's rainfall in five hours in like a crazy storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they totally destroyed all the crops. 
It was onions, right? I don't remember what the crop was, but it was. I think it was onions. It was something that I just was like, oh my god, that this is their food source, and it's just gone. Um, and their livelihood. And their livelihood, and um, then also in connection to that, when he goes to that island, I don't remember where, uh, and the man. I wish I would have written down these places. It's near Fiji. Yeah. And the uh, man takes him to the island that is has become uninhabitable in the last 12 years. Like everyone's had to leave because it's too dangerous. Um, and it's explained to him that the people who are going to suffer the most from climate change are the people who contributed the least to it. Chain of Leo's. Chain of Leo's. <laughs> it, it, it goes back to Titanic, it and does. all the poor people feel everything first. Mm-hmm. The poor and suffer the greatest consequences. Yep, the poor people will feel the consequences of climate change before any of the rest of us do. And I hadn't thought about that before, really. I just kind of figured it would all hit us all at the same time, and I just didn't really understand. It did not occur to me. And and then we expect them to start using solar energy and things like that while we're continuing to be like the second largest polluter eating up all the fossil fuels like we're such dicks yeah it's really rude of us it's the big guys dumping on the little guys and then saying oh hey can you fix this like hell no they should be the ones using the cheap coal if anything and we should be like we should be switching to solar and wind like what is your problem it's sort of like how uh baby boomers completely ignored the economy and then expect millennials to fix it kind of like that yeah yeah a bit like that um, and then my second thing was I had no idea. So Leo goes to this rainforest in Indonesia and they uh, clear the rainforest to grow for palm oil, basically. No, that's they not the place. It. No, they, they don't grow it. They're harvesting it. Harvest. Right? But no. What, what are the, when do they burn down them down? Is that a different place? That might no, have, they, I, they, cl- they, they burn down what's there after they harvest the palm oil. Why? Right? Why would you do oh, that? Actually, I maybe I don't understand. I'm sorry. I thought that I'm they. Cl- I thought that they. Cl- that I thought they cleared the forest, and then they planted the palm, the trees for the palm oil. So they're they're doing new. You, you could be totally right. I honestly have probably had the wrong understanding of this since I was about twelve years old. Okay. Well, anyway, um, there are these things called carbon carbon bombs in rainforests in Indonesia, which is basically that the trees absorb carbon dioxide from the air, right? Okay. But then when you burn the trees down in ma- in mass, it makes like a carbon bomb that just goes like boom up into the air. It causes but burning the trees causes them to release all of the carbon dioxide that they've been holding. Right, at once and that's the carbon bomb, which is what they breathe, which is super convenient because it's what we exhale. Mhm. Yeah, see it works out unless you start cutting things down and being douchebags. Um, and I was completely in the dark about the palm oil, which I didn't realize like what a big problem that was and how much how it's in everything. I looked it's around my ha- everything. I looked around my house and it really is everywhere because I was like, oh, I'm going to boycott palm oil. But you kind of can't. You're sort of stuck. You can greatly reduce it. I remember actually I read I believe it was Teen Vogue who's been really just bringing it with the journalism for many dec- decades decades. Um, I, I read something about palm oil and cosmetics when I was like 12 years old mm. and how all the tigers were dying and tigers are like very special to me. Mm. And so I was really sad about it. And I decided that I wasn't going to use anything with palm oil in it. And I, I, since I was 12, so that was 17 years ago. Um, but 
and I haven't succeeded fully, obviously, as it's really, really difficult when you have no buying power. But I've been like I read the ingredients of everything and if it has palm oil in it and I have another choice I will make the other choice yeah I mean powdered foundations are better there's no palm oil in a lot of those it's also really difficult to because the stuff that doesn't have palm oil in it is more expensive so exactly acknowledge acknowledge my own privilege like I am a well-off lady who can do that and make those decisions and not everybody has that available to them. And I'm not going to say that someone shouldn't wear makeup because it has palm oil in it, and they can't afford to buy the palm oil free stuff. No, you're like not a bad person. You're not a bad person. No, I, I'm not. I know I'm not a bad person. No, not you. I'm, I'm acknowledging. Talking to them. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> They're uh, not bad But I'm, I'm just. I'm trying to acknowledge my own privilege in this situation, and not saying that what I'm, what my choice is, is prescriptive for everybody because yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. So I mean, they showed. So this is like a forest where. It's the last place on earth where the elephants, tigers, and orangutans are all living together. The last place on earth. And they're all dying and losing their homes so that we can have cheaper products. So I cried at this part because, like, I want to stop buying things that are harming the earth, but I don't, like, it's going to, I'm going to have experience massive guilt if I buy something with palm oil, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't want to contribute to that because... Well, and there's also like the really hard thing of that if you stop buying palm oil or you stop eating beef, millions of people will lose their jobs and livelihood. Exactly. Like it's all intertwined and we can't, you can't just like stop buying something and not think that that like solves the problem because you're then going to have like an issue with employment and jobs and like people being able to sustain themselves. Right. Like, people are, not, and I'm not just saying, like, the, you know, it's not, like, just the Koch brothers and other people like them are making buttloads of money. Like, people are, are making, like, hourly wages off of this that they otherwise wouldn't be able to make if we didn't have these industries and being able to support their families. And mm-hmm. that's not something that we should take lightly either. I know. And it makes, it's, that's why I, it's hard, I just go, because I don't even know how to say it. But um, the third thing that I found interesting was the optimistic astronaut at the end. Oh, who beautiful by, human. Oh, my God. I hope he's still alive. But since he had pancreatic cancer, I kind of feel like not. Anyway, he was the man who told Leo that we can stop this and reverse this. And it did make me feel better. I, like Leo, am skeptical and I don't think it will happen. But it was a much needed boost of hope to know that if we make major changes, vote for people who care about these issues vote with our money by buying you know when you can if you can buying environmentally friendly products then maybe we can reverse this and like that hurts my soul too though because it does leave the poor people out if you have four kids and you're raising them alone on a low salary you won't be able to pay pay six dollars for something environmentally friendly when you can just pay 199 for the for the cheaper version like why would you but you can still vote no, so, like, you don't have to do all of those things. If you're not able to, you know, buy, yeah. do it with your money. You can do it with your vote. I and, mean, hopefully. And other choices that you make. Because that's a really huge reason for voter suppression is, like, keeping, you know, ugh. it's, it's all know. intertwined and it it's is. all hideous and it's all meant to make a really few chunk, like a small chunk of people a buttload of money. The, like the leeches, the Koch brothers, who I will never let off the hook. I hate them. 
Yeah, they're, they they really suck, and I don't even, I'm not even going to bother to learn their first names. Oh, they don't have first names. They're not even, they're just stupid. They're dumb. Yeah. Anyway, did you have anything that you learned that you didn't know before? Well, I'm, I'd watched this movie mostly before, so I kind of knew the stuff in it, but I, I, I kind of just wanted to address, like, the, my experience of watching this movie, and it's like, this movie is really, really hard to watch. For many reasons. Number one, the earth is beautiful and amazing and perfect, and we've destroyed it. And, like, that hurts. Like, my inner soul. The like, co- I can't even tell you. The, it hurts my heart. The coral reefs are the worst part for me. Yeah. Seeing the coral reefs go from these, like, vibrant and colorful and beautiful and healthy, like, ecosystems to being just these, like, ashen things on the bottom of the ocean is just, it's... It makes me want to sob. I did actually. Like, it makes me think of like that um, in Dances with Wolves when they come across just the field of buffalo that they killed and just took their hides. Like didn't even use the meat. Mother effers. It, it, it's just like how can we be so awful? Like how could we? And I and I know how we can be so awful. But it's also like we've lost this spiritual connection to this planet that hosts us. And that's what it does. Don't fool yourselves. We have no ownership over this. Like, it hosts us and tolerates us, and it's going to stop tolerating us very quickly if we don't turn things around. And it's, but it's hard to see. Like, I don't live in a place of great natural beauty because I live in like a huge concrete jungle, but like, the earth is so beautiful and majestic and like spiritual to experience when you can get out in it, and we have destroyed it. And it makes me sad to think that like that won't be there someday. Number two, we're all going to die and people are already dying because we won't do the right thing. And I like am a really big believer in doing the right thing when it needs to be done, whether or not you want to do it. And that was instilled in me by our grandpa. And it's like, it doesn't matter how you feel about it in that moment. You need to do the right thing. And it really, really sucks that the people that we've elected to office are more interested in keeping their jobs, which were never meant to be secure jobs, than they are in doing the right thing. You know that all these fools actually know deep down that this is real. Oh, yeah, but they don't even... I bet some of them don't care because they're not... I mean, they're, you know, in their twilight. But the crazy thing (laughs) is that two of them are from Florida. And they're just like, la, 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 because they're getting millions of dollars every campaign cycle from you know fossil fuel companies and the Koch brothers and like that can't be ignored and it was really really startling to visually see how much of congress had been bought off by these people it was two-thirds of the republican seats Mm. easily two-thirds of republican officials were just bought off by these people and like yeah they should want to keep their jobs but they should want to keep their jobs through doing what their constituents demand not through who funds their campaigns and that's when i realized that like campaign finance reform is all tied up in this in the united states and and abroad as well um but i mean campaign finance rules in the united states are bonkers um and it needs to be fixed number three the third reason that it's like really it was really hard to watch is because this was all back when we all thought well not all of us some of us know but like when the the majority opinion was that hillary clinton was going to be president and so much of this movie is much more optimistic than I feel we have any right to be at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. 
like it still viewed the Paris Climate Treaty as like, or the Paris Climate Accord, or I forget what it's called, um, as like this, re- even though it didn't go far enough, it was like a really groundbreaking thing. And we've pulled out of it as the largest, or not the largest, but like the most powerful nation in the world. I honestly and that, can't. That, that makes me so angry. I and it's It's infuriating on every level and it made me so sad. It made me so, so sad. But at the same time, like, I really love my country and I believe in our country in spite of, like, the horrible things that are happening here right now and the effects that it's having on the rest of the world. And I just want to say to our international listeners, like, Americans do not make the right choice every time. We are completely fallible. But I would never bet against us. Like, when it comes down to it, like, most of us want to do the right thing. Yeah. And we will fight really hard to do it because that's what we've been raised to do from birth. So, like, it looks really scary, but just, like, remind yourselves that, like, the the loud people that you see on TV are not most of us. That is 100% true. Statistically speaking. Um. So, I mean, I don't think that we have the right to be as optimistic as we would have if Trump had not won the presidency because he is going to do significant damage to all of the progress that we've made. But I think we can have an optimistic view of that there are a lot of people who have been, who've had a fire lit under their ass by, like, having this knowledge at their hands that people like Leonardo DiCaprio and Al Gore have given us and by seeing someone like Donald Trump ascend to the highest office in the land. Like, we're not... A lot of us are not just sitting being comfortable anymore. Like, we're taking notice and taking action. And I think, his, you know, our short history has proven that Americans will will come through in a pinch. And I hope that I'm right. (laughs) I hope you're right, too. And I thank thank Leo for his... super hope I'm right. (laughs) I thank Leo for doing what he does to try and make that happen, too. Yeah. Okay. Now, though, I want to talk about something else that's a totally different tone. Okay. As you mentioned before, in this, you get to see Leo as just Leo. Leo. Like, just himself. He's just his, like, regular old... Yeah, he's not movie star. He's not acting. He's just himself. And there were several moments that I was like... Oh my god! I kept texting you. Oh my god, he's so adorable. <laughs> I kept saying that out loud to Blake, and I think he didn't care. <laughs> I was like, "Just look at him; he's so adorable." So, do you have any moments particular? Um, don't make it. Let me see. Don't make it the narwhal one because uh, that's going to be the last. Oh one. no, that's not mine. That's mine. Um, my moment of being like, "Oh my god, he's so adorable," is a when he met the Pope. Mm. He he's, was he's practicing so, his Italian yes, in the car. That's what that's on my list too. He was so nervous and he was practicing his Italian. And then when he actually met the Pope, he stumbled over his Italian. It was adorable. Yeah, it was really, really cute, especially as someone as like he's not monolingual. So like but he wasn't speaking in a language that he knows. Mm-hmm. Um I also really liked when he fed the orangutans because or orangutans, apparently I said that word stupid. Sorry. <laughs> um but like you know that I love like anything that's like slightly monkey like. Mm-hmm. I just think they're such beautiful creatures that deserve our, nothing but our like love and respect and care and like yeah. Well, I they're... would be perfectly happy to walk on the street next to like a fully grown gorilla. Like, that would <laughs> delight me, um, and have it get on the subway with me and like bring its children. It's like my dream. But um, <laughs> and bring its children. Okay. 
like planet of the apes i'm like why did we fight that <laughs> let it happen y'all um but uh did you see that movie no i've never seen any of those things because oh. i don't like to watch violence against apes mm. it's like really why i won't see it even though i love woody harrelson and i've had a crush on him since i was a small child <laughs> um yeah but, but he- yeah no i really love to he there's a point where he is feeding some orangutans and he is like oh you want the fruit that's what you're after how do you like a carrot and i'm like that's exactly how i would talk to them yeah. like well he talks to them like, like let me get you what you want buddy he, like talking to them like they're his equals he talks to them like they're be. people he walks up and he's like he's like hi oh no don't worry i'll get you some food what do you want you want the carrot you want the fruit oh you want the fruit oh. <laughs> so cute it it shows this like respect for the natural world that you wouldn't expect somebody who grew up in los angeles to have Mm -hmm. and as someone who was born in los angeles i respect that (laughs) (coughs) excuse me um is that all for you uh yes okay i just loved that he was so nerdy about things like so in awe and so amazed and it was so genuine and adorable because he's like a really hot super talented person but he's also a super giant nerd and that makes Mm -hmm. me love him even more like they were flying in a helicopter above these forests and he's just asking questions like not like prepared questions like ones that just came to his brain you know like oh is Mm -hmm. this normal oh i've never seen anything like this this is beautiful i was like oh my god you're so adorable and he just looks so excited about it um and then i had when he met the pope which we talked about is that was just the cutest um but my favorite moment in the whole thing is when he goes up i don't wait where were they with the narwhals uh somewhere snowy I think it was like north. Uh, They're uh, in the north, like Greenland, north, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, Greenland's going to go away. Um, that sucks. <laughs> so and the next generation will not understand the plot of Mighty Ducks too. <laughs> <laughs> so he, they're kind of like on his ice thing, and these narwhals are going by. Which are, if you don't know what a narwhal is, you just think of Elf um, when he goes, "Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad." And if you haven't seen Elf, just think of a whale that is a unicorn. Yeah, but the but it's coming out of like yeah, it's a whale unicorn. So there's like like five or six narwhals in front of Leo, and um, he's just like his face just like drops, and he's he's like oh oh they're purring they're purring. So listen to the noises they make. Wow. He was like a tiny child at the zoo or something. And then his voice like cracked a little and it got weird because he was going to cry from their beauty. Did you hear that in there? I did. I did. And it was so lovely to just like see him there as a human being because we've now all we've now seen all his movies and we've seen him in a lot of different ways, but we've never really seen him as himself at all and Mm -hmm. in this narwhal moment i really felt like that's who he was so Mm -hmm. like a a dude who's like pumped on nature and kind of a nerd but like in a really hot way 
Um, I also really liked that he kept asking people like how much time their efforts were going to buy them. Like when he's talking to the mayor of Miami and they're like, they've invested like $48 million, billion dollars or whatever, million, billion, I don't remember, into elevating the city of Miami like a couple of feet <laughs> so that it, that it will stop having flooding for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, is this going to buy you a significant amount of time? And the mayor of Miami is like, yeah, 50 years. And he goes, that's all? <laughs> and he says that like multiple times in the movie when he asks people that same, like the question about like how long and they're like 40 or 50 years and he's like what or um and it's it's just like you feel like that the whole time you're like 40 or 50 years what also uh when he went uh and visited elon musk and he was i don't even I, I don't pretend to know what they were talking about because it was just i don't get it there's some way to light villages right solar power is it but i mean well, how was it? Why were there like he's like, how many of these stations do you need to light the world, right? And then Elon, of la- I think it was like factories of making these yeah. things. And he said, how many of these do you need? And he said, oh, a hundred. And he's like, oh, for the United States. And then Elon Musk goes, no, the whole world. And he goes, the whole world. <laughs> oh my God, Elon, you're gonna save us all. Please help. Also I know make that whole transit between L.A. and San Francisco faster, please. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So now I love him like five thousand times more. I find him. I find him. I find him way more attractive than I did before. Oh, which is you know we obviously think he's awesome, but now we think he's even more awesome. Um. So how many Oscars are you going to give Leo for the production of this film? Mm -hmm. Because he's not acting in it. It's like a producing thing. I'm giving him zero Oscars. What? I'm giving him ten Emmys. Oh, you butthead. <laughs> so he just needs a Grammy and a Tony before he can EGOT. <gasps> oh, my God. I don't think he's going to get a Tony, though, because I think he's maybe not a stage actor, but I hope that he proves me wrong because every time I make statements like that, I'm totally wrong. Yeah, say it again. Leo, I don't think you could ever win a Tony because you're obviously not a stage actor. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't try to be on Broadway. Definitely, definitely not. We will not come to see you and we will not wait by the stage door. <laughs> um, yeah, I want him to EGOT, though. No, that'd be great. If, he you, if you don't know what that it is. It took him so long to, to, to O, though. Yeah. Like, he only has O right now, right? He no, he, does, he has a Golden Globe, doesn't he? Well, that's not an EGOT. Oh. It's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. He needs to do uh, an audiobook. Yes, he does. He does need to do or or a, or a comedy album. Who knows? A comedy album. He, he and Jonah Hill could get it together. Or maybe he could just he could make like you know, like do like a piano uh, album under a different name. Does he play the piano? I don't know. He oh. can do anything. Haven't you seen this? He puts his mind to it that's and he true. goes for it. And that's because George raised him to be a winner. Oh my god. I wish George had raised us all. I want George to write. I want George to get I feel like we'd all be better rounded people. We'd like we would all appreciate art and the human form, but also be like really smart and good at life. Yeah, I wanna have dinner with George. George is on my list of people of like if you could invite anybody to a dinner party, I would invite him every time and have him sit at the head of my table. Is Leo there too, or did you just invite course, his dad? Of okay. course, I well no, I'm gonna invite George, but I'm gonna say that he needs to bring Leo. And you can bring a plus one, and it should be your son. Yeah, yeah. 
Because I feel like if you invite Leo and tell him to bring a plus one, he's going to bring a model. And I don't want any part of that. No, he'd probably he'd bring Lucas Haas. Oh, my God. I don't want any part of that either. I cannot figure out your friendship with Lucas Haas. It's, it's, it's because I don't really have one. It's like he and David Boreanaz are just very confusing for me. All right. So are you give, did you give him an Oscar? I I did, but now I'm going to change it to Emmys because okay. you're right. It's TV. Um, I'm going to give him 10. I think he produced a compelling and informative documentary that also acts as a call to action and like gives us things to do. I agree. So now I need to tell you the nine things you can do. I didn't do okay, that yes, yet. Please do that. <laughs> because we skipped it and I didn't do it. And then we were just going to go on with the, we were going to give a lot of depressing stuff with no hope. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Okay. So here are some uh, nine. This is from this is from Forbes. Um, this is nine things you can do to help stop climate change. Now, as we say these, if you're not able to do one of them, don't get all butt hurt because there are eight more that you can do. Just do whatever you can. All right. Yes. Okay. Number one, <laughs> stop eating beef. Or reduce. Say reduce. Or drastically reduce the amount of animal products you consume. Um, it said it's best to become a vegan or vegetarian, but you, I've already said my piece on that. So, yeah, you know, um, but, e- but in the documentary, they even said just reducing the amount of beef that you eat is helpful. Even um, choosing something like chicken over beef is going to help. Yeah. Another meat product. It's beef is just the worst uh, for the environment, unfortunately. But, but don't go kill a bunch of cows. Wait, why would you do that? I don't know. I just got very concerned that people were going to go start just killing a bunch of cows and you know how I love them. No, don't kill cows. Just, you know, reduce your beef intake. That's all. And also that's better for your body anyway, man. So like there's number one. Number two, eat organic as much as possible. If you can't do Tater it. Trader Joe's is a very good option for those who have it available. Um, for cheaper organic products. Yes. Uh, also, Whole Foods is actually going to cheap uh, lower their prices because of their uh, they're owned by Amazon Terrible now. reputation? No, because they're owned by Amazon now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like so they're re- lowering their prices. Nice. Um, okay, this is a weird one. Live in the climate as much as you can, which means when it gets a little bit hot, don't you turn your air conditioning on. Do what you can mm-hmm. to re- like get cooler without only turn your heater and your air conditioner on when you absolutely must. Like, yes. Don't just turn it on because, like, oh, it's summer. Oh, turn on the air. Like, don't do that. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, put a little, you know, a uh, wet cloth over your neck. Take some clothes off. Walk around naked. You know. Do. There's a lot you no, can do. None of this wearing long sleeves inside in the summer. Come on. Wait, you just you just said that about Leo. <laughs> I'm directing that at him. Oh, but he okay. also has no control over the temperature in the arena that these people are. Fighting. That's true. He doesn't. I'm saying in your own home, like, yeah, come on. just walk around naked, do your thing. But if you need to, turn on your air conditioning. But like, use it as little as possible. Okay. All right. Line dry your clothes. I have too many clothes for that, to be honest. I don't have a place that I could line dry them because I don't have an outdoor space. Well, then you're going to ruin the earth, and everyone hates you. Uh, use you do this one though. Use public transportation as much as possible, or bu- all the time, <laughs> or bike and or walk as much as possible. I need to do this more because I will be like, I live close to downtown, and I'll be like, eh, and I drive down there, but I need to walk. 
instead Think of the earth i know i was well when i was watching this i was like i'm gonna get a bike and i'm gonna get rid of my car and i'm gonna bike everywhere but then i realized i have the dogs <sighs> yeah that's hard tough. you could put ollie in a basket i could but he might jump out because he's crazy Oh, that's true. Um, the next one, I don't want people to get offended, but they say don't use your children as an excuse to hurt the environment. So don't say, I have children, so I need to turn on my air conditioner. No, they could stay cool the same way you do. Mm-hmm. I, I have children, so I can't, you know, I need to eat beef for some reason. No, you really don't. You know, so don't use your children as an excuse because apparently a lot of people do that. Sounds reasonable, actually. And finally, off. And also, if you don't use your children as an excuse, then they will learn to live responsibly as well. Yeah, and they won't. And yeah, go ahead. And uh, also, just like I know that a lot of people are probably going to the instant thought of using cloth diapers instead of uh, disposable ones. And you don't even necessarily have to do that because everybody knows that that's a pain in the ass and it doesn't work. And um, you have to be super, super dedicated to do that. But just like if you can afford to buy eco-friendly diapers. Yeah. Um, And maybe it was only... Oh, I'm sorry. It was only seven things, <laughs> not nine. Um, that's, that's odd. That's an odd <laughs> number of things that you can do. <laughs> um, offset your carbon emission. Uh, you can go to the website above that we said, which was what? Oh, I already forgot. Carbontax.com. Carbontax.com. Or go to um, climate ne- climate neutral now and .org. And if you go there, you can calculate um, your emissions and offset them. The money you pay to offset your carbon emissions uh, goes towards renewable energy sources in developing countries, and you get to pick where it goes. So, for example, the author of the Forbes article chose that his money, which was only $35 for all of 2016, and he said that included several plane trips, um, that money uh, went to solar water heaters in India to inhibit the spread of conventional water heaters. So, you can do that, too. Nice. I really like that. I'm going to actually do that because I didn't see. That's what I didn't understand. I'm like, how does a carbon tax? I understood how a carbon tax, um, you know, people buy less when there's a higher tax. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really understand how like off when they said the movie was paid a voluntary carbon to- tax to offset its emission. I was like, what? How does that work? But that's how it works. Awesome. And that is all. All right. Do you have anything else to say about before the flood? <sighs> no, just totally bummed that that's really the last one. I know it sucks. I'm but not, but I'm glad that we ended it with like legitimate Leo. I know. I know. It's nice to see him in his natural self. And also, like, why isn't everyone in love with him? And also, <sighs> Kate, get with it. Seriously. All right. All right, now that Florida has sunk into the sea, it is time to end the show. And no. I know I shouldn't make a I joke. Tried but so it was too easy. I tried so hard. I tried so hard. In the meantime, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Please go subscribe, rate us, leave reviews, and help other people find the podcast. We can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Talk Leo Pod, and our website is Let's Talk About our theme song was composed by Blake Schmidtberger, and the rest is just a Meredith and Laura production. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about Leo. We'll see you next week when we do our Leo wrap-up episode. We'll be ranking all 26, 26 or 27? 27. All 27 movies. Actually, I think 28. Favorite. 28, including this one. 
Oh, 28 Leo movies sharing our favorite Leo facts, and we will also be revealing which actor we will, we will be diving into next. So definitely you don't want to miss that one. Um, all right. I am going to go listen to Despacito alone. <laughs> uh, so peace out, boys. I wish that we had that the whole time because now it's just in these last two. I know, but it'll be in all the ones to come. All right. I'm going to listen to Despacito alone. Okay, bye. bye. Let's talk about Leo. Do 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 Capricorn.